sharing the gospel with those who desperately need to hear it, you're involved in something God-honoring and rewarding. But honestly, it can also be dangerous. Christians often lose friends and miss job promotions because of their commitment to Christ. That's why we need to depend on the Lord and remember that serving Him is not about our comfort, but His glory. Stephen called this lesson, Difficulty and Dependency Go Hand in Hand. Things often look different from the outside than they do on the inside. You've probably discovered uh, that truth when you volunteer to serve on a church committee or some uh, ministry team. You know, once you're on the inside, you discovered, uh, well, there are problems and there are challenges in ministry. Well, if you're facing challenges like those today, let me encourage you with three suggestions. First, don't deny that serving God brings unique heartaches and discouragements, because it does. Secondly, don't ignore the fact that that pressure grows as you attempt to press on. You know, the penalty of leadership, a beloved, happens to be pressure. Internally, you have pressure because you want to see the Lord use that ministry. And externally, you, you have pressure. You often take the blame when, when things don't go well. Thirdly, don't forget that God allows difficult times in ministry to create an even greater sense of dependency. Now, as you serve the Lord, uh, let me tell you, there's a relationship between difficulty and development. And frankly, both will be at work in your life, and they're probably at work in your life right now. I want you to listen to the greatest missionary team ever assembled as they send back a report to the church in Corinth. The Apostle Paul is the one writing about their experiences in ministry in Asia, and he's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Now, how's this for an admission from a missionary team, made up of Paul and Barnabas, by the way. Paul writes, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Here's a great church leader, statesman, missionary, and he happens to be absolutely honest about the ministry. And i got to tell you, I haven't found very many people as honest as Paul, especially those in Christian leadership. Well, now, as we sail into Acts chapter 14 and this first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas have traveled into Asia Minor. And if you don't read past the first verse, it it really sounds like smooth sailing and, and sunny skies. They enter the synagogue in the city of Iconium to speak, and verse 1 says this, a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. In other words, there is immediate ministry fruit. Well, just keep reading. Verse 2, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Imagine this difficulty. All of this mounting pressure 
mounting opposition, this is going to eventually harden into a murderous plot to stone them to death. Well, at that point, they decide to leave town, not so much out of fear as out of wisdom. Now, the next section here in chapter 14 describes their ministry in Lystra. Now, though Lystra is not far south of Iconium, it's in a different district known as Lyconia. In Lystra, they they run into a different sort of problem. You know, it's one thing to keep your chin up when you're persecuted, but it's another thing to keep your balance when you become popular. And these men immediately became popular in Lystra as a result of healing a lame man that they came across. Well, Paul looks down at this lame man and commands him here in verse 10, stand upright on your feet. Well, this man immediately springs up and begins walking. The miracle, by the way, is meant to authenticate the apostles as messengers of God. But the problem is uh, the people here witnessing this entirely missed the point. Verse 11 says, they lifted up their voices saying in Lyconian, that is the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes. Two inscriptions, by the way, found near Lystra identify these Greek gods, Zeus and Hermes, as being worshipped by the people in this particular region. In fact, there's an ancient legend that preceded Paul and, and Barnabas, uh, and it reported that Zeus and Hermes had actually visited this area sometime before, and they were disguised as mortal men, and they were seeking a place to lodge. Everybody turned them away except one old couple And they ended up being rewarded handsomely the next day while the homes of everybody else were destroyed. Well, the people think that Zeus and Hermes uh, are back. So they, they strike up the band and they start planning a religious ceremony. Nobody wants their homes destroyed this time. They all want to be handsomely rewarded. But when the local priest of Zeus arrives to offer sacrifices to them, Paul and Barnabas are, are horrified. They, they put a stop to the ceremony, and they say here in verse 15, we also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they're saying basically, you know, don't worship us, worship creator God. Well, a new threat soon arises when Jewish leaders suddenly arrive from Antioch of Pisidia, as well as over there in Iconium. They had, they had driven Paul and Barnabas from their cities, and now they've shown up here in Lystra to persuade them to do the very same thing. And unfortunately, they succeed. These, these same people who wanted to worship them as gods now try to kill them. Verse 19 records, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Talk about a a ministry roller coaster. One moment you're the God of the month, and the next month you're being stoned to death. But here in verse 20, we're told, when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. The verb translated, he rose up, by the way, is the same verb often used for resurrection from the dead. 
Now, we don't know for sure if Paul is raised from the dead or from being as good as dead, but what we do know is that Paul is miraculously healed. And we know that because he immediately rose up and entered the city. He re-enters Lystra. And when he does, he effectively shows them this testimony of the power of God. Well, next, Paul and Barnabas go out to the city of Derbe. Verse 21 summarizes their ministry there. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, get this, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. So they're retracing their steps, even though it means they're going back into enemy territory. Only this time we don't read of any further persecution. Frankly, I would imagine the people are are somewhat terrified of this man they'd stoned to death, at least they thought they had, who's now walking their streets and preaching again. Now, why did Paul and Barnabas return? We're told here in verse 22, they were strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, beloved, he's not saying you have to suffer in order to get into the kingdom, but it means that you're going to suffer because you are heading toward the kingdom of God. You're going to experience suffering and tribulation and discouragement and difficulty when you serve the Lord. So Paul, and I I greatly appreciate this, Paul is not denying the reality of ministry difficulty. He's demonstrating trust in the face of difficulty. You see, Paul was a realist. He, He knew that opportunity will always invite opposition. We're also told here in verse 23 that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in every church. You see, these disciples... They're establishing local churches, and this missionary team is helping them get organized. Now, with that, the final verses here in chapter 14 describe the missionaries' return home to their church in Antioch of Syria. This was the church, by the way, that had sent them out. This is their sending church, their home church. I read verse 27 here, and frankly, I can just imagine this wonderful time where the church family is able to listen to Paul and Barnabas, the verse says, as they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, again, if all you had was the first verse and now this last verse, from a distance, well, it looks like following the Lord was nothing short of glamorous. What a glorious missions trip this was. But up close, as we've seen, it was hard work. There were some painful, challenging trials along the way. And look at how this account reinforces our opening challenges as you serve the Lord. Let me go back and rehearse those. First, don't deny that serving God can bring unique heartaches and discouragements. It can, and it will, and it doesn't encourage younger believers who want to serve the Lord. Second, don't ignore the fact that pressure tends to grow as you attempt to press on. Expect that to happen. And third, don't forget that God allows difficulty in ministry to create a greater sense of dependency on Him. And that's a good thing. 
Well, until our next journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for listening to this lesson from The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through all 66 books of the Bible on this series. Please be sure and claim your free membership in Friends of Wisdom. When you do, you'll begin receiving free resources from Stephen to help you walk wisely through life. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash friends to claim your membership today. Then join us next time to continue traveling along the wisdom journey.